Thank you. <laughs> Well, it's good to be back. Um, and for those of y'all that weren't here um, three weeks ago when I spoke, I've printed my whole message today. I only printed half of it last time. So it was an interesting time to finishing up. But uh, people were gracious. I'm going to start out with a story. Most of you all will recognize it. Um, but it's to basically to introduce our subject for today. Um, a long time ago, there were two prostitutes that lived in the same house. Well, if I didn't say anything else, we'd already know there was a problem, right? <laughs> they both got pregnant about the same time, which wasn't really good for business, but that's what happened. One night, the son of one of those um, died. And so she got up and exchanged her dead baby for the other lady's baby. Um, you all recognize this story yet? I know a few of you do, yeah. Um, well, when the first woman awoke to feed her baby, she, re- she realized it wasn't hers. And um, so she accused the other lady of stealing her baby. Um, so they went to court. They went to the royal court. And she pleaded her case before King Solomon um, and accused the other lady of stealing her child and giving her her dead baby. Um, The other lady said it wasn't true. Solomon said, bring me a sword. Let's divide the baby and give it to each one. Um, At this point, the lady whose baby it really was says, Oh Lord, no. Give her the living child. Solomon responded and said, that lady is the baby's mother. Give her the child. Um, Now, the question is, when everybody heard about what the king had said and decreed, what was their response? Do you remember their response? (coughs) What was the response of the people? You know the story, kind of, but not the last <laughs> sentence of the story, right? Yeah, the wisdom of the judge. They feared the king. It says they feared the king because they saw that God had put in him wisdom to do justice. I mean, you'd think they'd be glad, right? They feared the king. Um. I'm going to go through a a nine-month review of the things I've talked about. (laughs) Because I know you get tired of hearing it, but the main thing needs to stay the main thing. And this is how I keep reminding myself of these things. So way back at the end of last year, right before Christmas, I began talking about peace. uh, This concept called Shalom. And um, all this is going to tie together, believe it or not, um, which is... What makes the Bible so amazing is that God is so logical. Uh, It just takes a little bit of time for us to kind of figure that out, I think. Um, So, this is what God desires for us once we have salvation, is relationship with Him. And a result of that, and that's what He works towards, this this great love that we talk about that God has 
that love has an agenda. It's not just to accept you like you are and you can stay that way. That agenda is to make you like himself, that you would be an image bearer of him. And so um, his heart is that you would have shalom, that there would be a wholeness and a well-being of you, your person, your soul. But that doesn't come cheap. There's no peace without justice. And we, we studied that, you know, a couple of Sundays. Um, somebody has to pay for unrighteousness. And so Jesus Christ was the one who did that for us. But justice is the basis of how God governs and how he rules because he's a righteous God and he wants things to be right. Sometimes it's right now and sometimes it's later on and sometimes in the end everything will be right. Um, He chose Abram and it says there in, in let's see, Genesis eighteen nineteen, he chose he chose Abram that he would train his children in justice and righteousness. And he chose David to be king because he would rule with justice and righteousness. Um, so we then looked at the other side of of who he is, which is his as Bill was talking about this morning, his love. God is a God of loving kindness. Loving kindness is a made-up word um, to try to explain the, the parameters of what hesed is, which is the, is the Hebrew word for this capacity of God to be compassionate, merciful, and loving. And um, so we looked at that last, the last time I spoke, and we, we talked about the earthly example of that. The best that we have is the book of Ruth. And there were two questions that came out of that that seemed to just be um, really timely that Sunday because there were eight gateway people there and 18 internationals. And this this was a question that Ruth asked Boaz. Um, She said, Why have I found favor in your sight that you, you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? You know, I thought about that question. Um, you, you people that are internationals, uh, you know what it's like to move to another country. Uh, you know what it's like to, for someone to be nice to you in another country. And so I looked at this question and I thought, well, anybody that's become a child of God could say the same thing. Are we not foreigners to righteousness? Absolutely, we are. So why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me? God chose us. We, didn't, we might think we chose God, but he chose us. Um, so that was the first question. The second question that seemed to really press upon me was Boaz's answer, which was this. May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord the God of Israel. Not so much that part, but the last part says, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. Now, any person that's become a believer, that's really what you've done. We've come to seek refuge under the wings of God. And so we looked at this particular, these two questions and actually this whole story um, as a shadow of this fuller expression of God's hesed, his loving kindness. 
And so, once you understand these two aspects of God, that He is both just and He's loving, and He also exhibits loving kindness, this character of His and this gracious provision that He's made for us to be able to relate it, relate to Him, the question is, how do we reflect that image of Him and how and what is our response to that? Well, it may be easy for us to say, well, you just follow the rules. You just follow, all you have to do is follow the rules. Um, but, you know, I've found that more often than not, the rules, the Ten Commandments, may or may not give you the answer you want for all your questions and your prayers, does it? Who should I marry? What job should I take? Where should I live? Should, that, should I make that person my friend? I mean, are those moral questions? There's a mor- moral facet to it, but there's no definitive answer to that. And so you have to conclude at some point to live in a way that's becoming before the Lord takes wisdom, which is what we're going to talk about today, and grace. It takes those two things. And uh, so... I want to talk about that today, mainly just as an introduction. We're going to kind of look at what is wisdom, how do you get it, and what are its rewards. What is wisdom, how do you get it, and what what are its rewards. Um, So, first, the thing about wisdom, the wisdom we're talking about, there is a wisdom that is under the sun. There's a wisdom that comes from the observation of man and man's experience. And every culture prides themselves in in having a wisdom from their culture. I mean, you have people that live, lived a long time before you did. They pass along things that they've observed, things they've experienced, things that went well, things that didn't go so well. And so you have this wisdom that every culture has and passes down and that's not bad wisdom but it's wisdom from under the sun it's wisdom as man sees it but the wisdom of the hebrew god the concept is that that wisdom flows from god in other words there's somebody above the wisdom of man there's somebody above the earth there's somebody that has a bigger picture than man has ever been able to have. And the wisdom that that person who is God, the one true God, is the true wisdom. Uh, Now, obviously, every culture has parts of their wisdom that parallel that. God gives understanding to people. And so we're going to look at this from the standpoint of, of understanding that the wisdom we're talking about is a wisdom that flows from the God we believe in and serve. Um, that that wisdom. Um, let me read this one verse out of Proverbs eight twenty two. It says, "The Lord brought wisdom forth as the first of His works, before His works of old, from everlasting. I wisdom was established from be- from the beginning, before the world began." Now, that particular word in the Hebrew Bible um, is there 222 times. It is really considered by the, 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 the Hebrews of old to be one of the highest virtues that you can have is wisdom. 
And guess what the other two were to them? Love, love or loving kindness and justice. Those three things, and those three things really have to work together. Uh, I, I think it's very difficult to be just or do justice and be loving kindness and hold those things in tension without wisdom. Uh, there's just not a lot of rules sometimes. You get in a situation, well, is now a time to be just or is it a t- time to, you know, have mercy and loving kindness for this particular person? Uh, and so we need wisdom to do that. Um, so we're, we're going to look at, I think I skipped a page. Hang on a second. Yeah. We're going to look at um, what wisdom is, if I can find that part. Hang on a minute. I need, I need more than wisdom. I need to get my pages in order, right? Here we go. Okay. So, um, we're going to talk about what wisdom isn't first. Wisdom is not knowledge. You can be really smart. You can know all kinds of stuff about everything, but that doesn't mean you're wise. Uh, um, so we're going to look at what the difference is there, but you know, what what do you think wisdom is? I mean, this is not a test test, and there's no one definition that's right, but if you had to tell me this is what I think wisdom is, what would you say? Knowing God. Knowing God, Okay profitable application of knowledge and skills. Okay. Anybody else? Fear of the Lord makes you take decisions. Fear of the Lord. Yep. That's a good starting point. Uh, I'm going to give you three definitions um, with um, increasing affinity towards the last one. In other words, the last one is my favorite. But the first one is wisdom is the ability to Clearly see reality and to know how to respond. Clearly see reality. See the situation for what it really is and know how to respond. Does it need justice? Does it need loving kindness? Does it need me to walk away and not get involved? (laughs) Wisdom is keen insight into life and the ways of dealing with its problems. And this is the one that I really like. Wisdom is a capacity of the mind and heart that that allows us to understand life from God's perspective. It's a capacity of the mind and the heart that allows us to understand life from God's perspective. Well, this is great. This sounds like it's something really good to have. So how do we get it? Well, Greg's already mentioned one thing. To know God, he's already mentioned another thing if you were here like four weeks ago. Know yourself, have, having no friends, and the last thing is to know the rules. Oh, you got to know the rules. Okay, so we're going to look at these things. Um, knowing God is the first thing. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> but it's not so easy. This is what Solomon says about wisdom. 
in Ecclesiastes. I'm determined to be wise, but this was beyond me. Whatever exists is far off and most profound. Who can discover it? So, there's a, just with lots of things about God, there's this seeming paradox about wisdom. Um, Proverbs 4, 7 says this, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with your acquiring, get understanding. Now, that's kind of a strange statement to me. I, I read that a few weeks back. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. Like, that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> I don't know about you. So, it's an interesting way of phrasing something. Um, I look, so, I looked it up in a different translation. The first step to becoming wise is to look for wisdom. Okay? So, use everything you have to get understanding. Another way of saying it is the primary thing is wisdom. So get wisdom. But what's interesting about this is the Bible also tells us wisdom is a gift. We're supposed to see, we're supposed to search. We're supposed to spend money. It's better than gold or silver. But it's a gift. Now, that seems like a paradox to me, but... Sometimes that's just the way things work with God. Uh, we're going to look at the, how circular this is a little bit later. But, you know, in the New Testament, Paul says that we should uh, work out our salvation in fear and trembling. It's up to you to work it out. Mm-hmm. For God is at work in you to do in His good will and pleasure. So, who's working? So, it's the kind of the same thing with wisdom here. We're to seek after it, yet it's a gift. So we're going we're gonna to look at these things together here. Um, so, to look for wisdom, one of the first things you do is very practical words of James. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, what should he do? Ask. Well, that's pretty easy, isn't it? Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So we're going to look at these things that we can do uh, to get this gift. The first one is knowing God. Um, As as, um, Jonathan already said, the beginning of wisdom is knowing God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Proverbs 9.10 um, But it's not just fearing God. It's not holding Him in this place of reverence and awe. Solomon in Ecclesiastes says that all of life's pleasures and riches and even wisdom mean nothing. It's Ecclesiastes 1 verses 2 and 18. They mean nothing if there's no relationship with God. And he's the one that searched for so many things. And the in the final analysis, what good is wisdom without a relationship? Because you're not going to get wisdom from above without a relationship. So fearing in the in the in the aspect of how the world would look at it is in cowering 
No, it's it's you have this relationship. The more you know about him, the more amazing he is, the more awesome he is, which is the only person that word should ever be used for. But we use it all the time for everything else. There's only one that's awesome. And he's that one. He's so awesome that you can't see him face to face. Which is interesting because we sing this song. Some we used to sing this song. We used to sing this song, I wanna see your face, and I'm like, No, I don't. I just don't sing that part of the song. You wanna see it when it's appropriate. Yeah, it, it, if there's appropriate. Now, even the even the cherubim are covered now, so I don't know if it'll ever be appropriate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anyway, um, we understand that God is the beginning point. The fear of God, holding him, holding him in this place of awe and reverence, uh, and knowing him, is where we start. And so. We just read earlier that wisdom dwells with God. Okay? The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. From everlasting I was established from the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth. So here we are. We're supposed to seek after wisdom, but in Proverbs 8, it says this, Does not wisdom call out? Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice at the highest point along the way where the paths meet? She takes her stand beside the gate leading into the city. At the entrance, she cries aloud. Now, it sounds like she's pretty close from the, from the words they're using here. But she's calling to you and me. And yet, we're supposed to be seeking her. Well, it works both ways, doesn't it? To you, O people, I call out, I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the work of my mouth, all the words of my mouth are just. None of them are crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Oh, really? You mean desiring Jesus won't compare with wisdom? We'll see why not a little bit later. So, knowing God is beginning place. Knowing self. This is really interesting because Greg mentioned this uh, when the message you were talking about when you talked about um, Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, you made a, a point that the importance of knowing God, not about God, but knowing Him, and how knowing oneself also helps knowing God and His great goodness and our great need of Him. C.S. Lewis said this, this, this God who we need most and who without Christ we most fear being near. 
This is the God that we're talking about. Do um, you want to get to know him better? Also get to know yourself. John Calvin said this, True wisdom consists primarily of two parts, the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. Most of us make excuses for who we are. Uh, most of us, and that's why, and we do that because we really don't want to admit who we are. And that's why it's important for you and me to totally understand and have a conviction about the loving kindness, this hesed of God, if you aren't convinced of that loving kindness towards you, you'll never be able to allow him to take you into these places to show you your places of defense, your places of weaknesses, the places that he wants to deliver you from. You will we'll make excuses. We'll rationalize why we're that way. And um, But if you understand that he is for you, and that his loving kindness overshadows all those things, then he can take you to those places and you can say, yeah, I see I'm that way. Your friends can tell you you're that way, but sometimes we we don't want to listen to our friends. We want to make excuses there as well. But knowing ourselves is important because it does a couple of things. It shows us our great need for God, and it shows his amazing grace that he wants to have continued relationship with us. And so um, I just would encourage you, you know, don't be afraid to let God point out not just the good about you, but the bad and the ugly, um, because it's there for all of us. And, you know, a part of this whole walk with God is um, seeing those things fall away. Be an overcomer over those things that we use to, to defend ourselves. A part of our personality that is built so that we can handle the bad things of life. We have ways of protecting ourselves. Each person has a way of doing that. And so, and that's not bad. We're, God's given us that personality for a reason, but um, there are times when we use it in a wrong way. Anyway, um, you need to understand, just like me and everybody else, there are some areas that you're a lot more susceptible to being tempted in than others, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not aware of that, if you're if you're coming up on a situation and you need God's wisdom and grace, if you're not aware of that, you're just gonna you're gonna do what most of us do. We're gonna make a wrong choice. We're gonna make wrong choices. So I just really encourage you uh, to allow God to help you know who you are. With the hope that he's he's in the process of changing that, making you into an image bearer of his. The other thing that we can do besides knowing God and knowing ourselves is um, knowing friends, because there are a couple things about friends. We're talking about true friends here. Um, Proverbs twenty-seven eight says this: "Faithful, faithful are the wounds of a friend." but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. If you really love somebody, you're going to have to have wisdom to bring it up at the right time. But be truthful with them. Help them through it. Maybe God wants to use you in that particular way. Oh yeah, I'd like to be that person. I can tell them exactly what's wrong with them. But there's there's a wise way to do it. It's to speak the truth in love. You know, So have friends that you trust. 
And the Bible gives us this great advice. When you walk with the wise, you will be what? How does that happen? Choose choose your friends wisely. Choose people that you've you've seen. Wow, they have really good counsel. They know how to. They really see things pretty clearly. Um, maybe I should kind of walk along with them. Maybe I should go to them when I have things that I'm struggling with. And so, walk with wise people. You'll find out it helps you become wise. And the last thing that we're going to talk about as far as how to get it is knowing the rules. Well, the rules are the Ten Commandments. Um, Wisdom may not be the same thing as knowledge, but without knowledge, wisdom can't exist. If you don't know stuff, how are you going to know how to be wise in using it? Um, You can't just go through life oblivious of what the rules are because the rules are the way of life now obviously we can't keep them all the time but it's what god's given us is the guidepost or are the ten commandments um and so i just want to encourage you is to study study to show yourself approved study the word of god look at what's right and what's wrong um and that knowledge base is in what God uses to help us walk in wisdom. Um, so I have to go back to one of the verses that I repeated on purpose in um, Proverbs 8, 6. It said, Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips, lips to speak what is right. Listening is the same as he who has ears to hear in Revelation. Hearing and listening automatically infers in the Bible that you obey. You, if, you, if, you, if you don't follow through on what you heard, then you really didn't hear it. If you don't obey or do something, then you really didn't listen. And that's what this means in this context. He has trustworthy things to say. So, the, the not, neat thing about it is the very first, the verse four commandments are all about God. Now, people you respect, people you honor, do you pay attention to what they have to say? Mm-hmm. You do, don't you? You sure? Well, this person's important. They, you know, I have a high respect for them. I don't listen to what they say. You know. There's nobody higher than God, and God wants to be that number one person that you you stand in awe of and respect and reverence. So listen to him. Listen to what he has to say. Um, Proverbs 19.20 says this, Listen to advice and accept instruction. Which means there's got to be some humility there. You've got to be teachable. That you may gain wisdom in the future. So, uh, all we have to do then is um, we just need to start memorizing these Proverbs, right? It's a start, exactly. But memorizing Proverbs doesn't make you wise. You just have memorized a proverb. Somehow or another, there has to be an application. So, okay, I'm going to remember this one. It's only two two lines long, so I'm going to remember that. But if you don't 
take the time to meditate on what they're really saying. Because if you've read the Proverbs, it's like, that didn't have anything to do with the life today. But there's a principle behind it. There's a truth behind it. And so it takes some time to meditate on it. Think about, what is, what is God really trying to teach me in this particular proverb? And, and, and from that comes a principle. And then that principle is something that you can apply in certain situations in your life. Um, you know, it says in the it says in the New Testament, in Timothy, it says, "Be diligent to prove yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth." Now, that basically is for people that are teaching, but it's true for all of us. If you're going to accurately handle the word of God in your life then it takes wisdom to know, well, what part of the Bible is applicable here? What story or example does this situation that I'm facing give me some insight about how to respond? You know, I I wouldn't say that, um, I mean, I would say Abigail was a really wise woman, but it doesn't mean everybody should go out because the authority, your husband does something stupid, and you have to make amends to authority. Don't go home and kill your husband. But there's something there. She was a wise lady. Uh, and, and, the, and that's what the Bible says about her. So um, you've you got to pick the right story for the right situation. Um, the other thing about this is uh, wisdom takes discipline. It takes discipline to know God. It takes discipline to know yourself. Uh, it takes discipline to choose your friends wisely. I know uh, when I was in Crosswave and the seniors would be graduating, and one of the one of the little pieces of advice I gave them was, "When you get to college, because when you go to college that freshman year, it's like I need some friends. Oh, there's somebody, and you just gravitate to the first person." I said, "Be slow about choosing your friends, because you don't want to have to unfriend people that you just latched on to quickly, you know. So watch people." And then decide, is that a person that I think I want to walk with? You know, Obviously, there's a time that you friend people because God says, I want you to become their friend. You know. Um, but the other thing besides discipline, wisdom takes time. It's not a one and done thing. Oh, I got the key, got the latch. You walk through the door of wisdom and you got it. It doesn't work that way, does it? Wisdom, wisdom is one of those things that's kind of um, circular. Um, you know, it, it's it's not a door; it's path. Mm-hmm. And the Bible talks about wisdom and talks about life being a path um, over and over and over. Life is a path, and we walk that path step by step. Now, some people may run, but you're not going to run all your life or you're going to have a short life. You're not going to skip down the path. You're going to walk. You're going to take steps. And that's how, that's how we live life, uh, step by step. Um, and I was reading something about three or four weeks ago, and it said most successful people have a routine. They have a routine they go through. And they've built these habits in their life, and that's and, and they're things they practice, you know, every day or every week. And um, you know, you have an idea. Hopefully, it's a good idea. 
That idea becomes a habit. That habit becomes a lifestyle. You've all heard this, then lifestyle becomes a destiny. And so wisdom works very much the same way. We walk this path, and, and God gives us um, wisdom. It's interesting because I say it's circular because um, if you remember in the Old Testament, um, Moses, when he found out that he had favor with God, he said, Lord, show me who you are. Teach me your ways so that I can have favor. So he had favor. Then he asked God for ways that he could obtain more favor. And wisdom works the same way. It's like you ask for wisdom, you walk in wisdom. And the more you walk in wisdom, the, more, the wiser you become because you begin to more and more be able to see the reality of where you are or the circumstances you're in or the people you're with or the situation of a nation, or whatever your sphere of influence is, the place you are in a company, um, you're able to see the reality of what that is and, and, and know how to respond to it. Um, so you got to understand it's a path. Um, it's interesting because in Isaiah, I think it talks about the ancient paths. And there are there are... There is a wisdom in listening to people that have walked that path. Nobody's wiser than Jesus Christ who walked from... I think it's in John 13. It says he knew where he had come from and he knew where he was going. In other words, he, he came... He was in eternity. He walked through time and went back to eternity. And, and he showed us how to walk. He told Peter... You follow me. So it's not like we don't know the way. He says, I am the way. And so um, I think that's one of the things that we've got to learn about this process is that it takes time. It takes a lifetime, really. Um, What's interesting about this is um, Proverbs 4.18 says this, but the path of the righteous, in other words, those who not only are righteous, but choose right, is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter unto the full day. In other words, it's an example of the more you walk in wisdom, the more you walk in the light, the easier and clearer it is to embrace and, and, and respond rightly to the next thing um, or circumstance that you have. You know, it's and, and it, as you can see, it's not a technique. Okay, I'll, rem, I'll, I'll memorize these proverbs. Um, I'll get some book, some books on the on that tell me how to how to do this or how to do that. Um, wisdom is one of these things that builds character. That's what these habits are for. Um, is that we walk in that place and and our character ends up changing more and more. To be what God's called us to actually be like. So, those are the things that we can use to help us. Knowing God, knowing ourselves, knowing friends that are wise, and knowing the rules. So, why would we want to spend so much effort 
and money and trading in riches for this thing called wisdom. Obviously, it must have some rewards, right? So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to list a very few of these. Um, in the, the Bible says where well, you're promised health, well-being, wealth. But you're also promised that wisdom will deliver you from the evil way. Proverbs 2.12. It will deliver you from the adulteress or strange woman. And that's an interesting one for me to put in there. But let me just reinterpret it. Bad relationships. Wisdom will, will deliver you from bad relationships. Uh, 2.15. It would teach you to walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of righteous. And here's really the important one. You will find favor with both God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. Proverbs 3, 4. You can read bunches and bunches of these in chapters 2, 3, 4, and 8. Gives the rewards of wisdom. But you can choose right almost all the time and things don't go right, do they? That's another message. We'll have to talk about how suffering uh, comes in and how we can also gain wisdom from suffering. But we'll look at that another time. But what about what about how about this whole group right here? All of a sudden we just band together and we start walking in wisdom. What does God say about that? What does he say not with just you as an individual walking in wisdom, but you're with a group of people that walks in wisdom. What does God say about that? Um, a, a people that uh, that live in awe and reverence of God, a people that um you know, are kind and um, merciful to the people around them. That that's their thought, the way they think. Um, they listen to one another, and they listen to God. Um, Deuteronomy four six says this: Keep them talking about the rules. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, whether it's your community another nation, or whatever. That will be your wisdom and your understanding inside of the peoples who, when they hear all these, will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. I would like for Gateway to be that kind of church. A wise and understanding people. Um, But... In the end, remember, it's like we're pursuing wisdom. All of a sudden, one day you look up and you say, Oh, wisdom, that looks a lot like Jesus. And it does. It does. I'm going to read this last verse as a transition to our communion time. In 1 Corinthians 1, 23 and 24, this is what it says. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. We preach Christ crucified. So we're going to move into a time of communion. Um, Greg is going to come up and administer that. But um, let's just pray for a minute before we enter that time. Surely in your face, Lord Jesus, is all the wisdom that we need. 
all the grace to walk in that wisdom, all the provision to be related to the Godhead, and for that we're grateful. We thank you, Lord, for uh, meeting out justice in a way that made a way for us to have relationship with you. And we pray, Father, too, that, um, Lord, you would cause us not to be slothful, but to be diligent, to be disciplined, to be discerning, and to go for uh, learning your ways, Lord, walking in your ways and learning to think like you think. Give us the wisdom that flows from you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.